Welcome to Spider-Verse Minute, the tri-weekly podcast where we watch Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse one minute at a time. I'm Caroline Slater. And I'm her brother, Sean. And today we are talking about Minute 32. It starts with Miles having an existential crisis and ends with Miles buying a Halloween costume. (laughs) What did you name this minute? I named this minute, it could have been anyone. That's, yeah, I, I think that, that really punches home one of the big, like, what, when MJ says that, that's one of the, um, like, big messages of the movie. Yeah. Um, and I know that was a big thing that, like, they kind of pushed. Uh, there was a really cool um, Twitter th- thread soon after the movie came out, I think. Mm-hmm. It was either soon after the movie came out or soon after the it came out on like uh you know after home release mm-hmm. where oh, what was it people were like putting up their spider person like the spider them i think it was like spider selves oh i do kind of remember that or something yeah um where there was like oh this is what i would look like as a spider you know reimagined as a <laughs> as a spider as uh, a as spider, spider person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and yeah there are some really cool ones you know um, there's a version of Spider-Man that was bitten by a radioactive man. Well, that's what Spider-Ham was. Yeah, I know, but this guy was is still like a spider. Oh, but now he has the wait. humans of a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know if it would be an upgrade or a downgrade. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but this, this minute starts with the, the ending of the conversation from the last minute. Yes, uh, here is where Rio's last line. So, and Rio tells Jeff, she she says, um, "Etienne que más suave, suave," and the the Spanish there translates to "You have to be quieter" because Jeff is um, talking a little bit too loudly. How um, how Miles needs to, you know toughen up and when it gets hard that's he's just gotta stick it out uh and she's like you know quiet down there you're he's he's having a hard time already yeah like, um, like, I, I literally just said that to you you just you calm down um and yeah jeff like when when, when earlier when he was like what, what's that all about he's like wow jeff you just you do not have any cool do you <laughs> just like at first i was like who's he talking to about is he talking about like what's that being like miles interrupting and like randomly asking about how spider if he still hates spider-man or like rio kicking him out um of the room and i like the way he says it it's definitely not about rio kicking him out of the yeah. room but like it, it did like that flashed through my mind briefly being like hey come on i was doing a good job like he's he's upset because he thought he was doing really well and he's like mm, no you you tried but just <laughs> And then shortly after, we get well, we get a nice quiet moment, which is Miles, right after that line. And then we go to the news broadcast, which is Channel 10, I believe. Yeah, it's, it's 10 New York, mm-hmm. which, wouldn't they have one of the four-digit codes? I don't know. I don't have a TV out here. But I mean, like, normally it's like, because like we have... Uh... 69 News, WFMZ. I'm not sure. I want to talk about 
there is a moment where they're doing like these pans with like showing different parts of the city with the names Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, the Bronx. The five boroughs show up. And and there's a pan of Times Square. And there's a few things I noticed. And I'll get more into it when we get a better view of Times Square because there's a bunch of these. And this isn't the best one, but we see a few of them. We see a few ads in Times Square. Those of our listeners who have ever been to Times Square or at least familiar, they, Times Square is ad city. Like, I have been there late at night, and there are so many ads and lights just advertising things that you're, you still feel like it's the day, and only if you walk out of the store, you're like, oh, it's dark in the sky? That's happened to <laughs> yeah. me before. I have gone into a store in the day, just a quick side tangent. <laughs> gone into a store during like maybe a day but it was still pretty light out and and then there i'm in there i look out like oh it's still pretty light out i walk out and i'm like oh wait there's the moon (laughs) (laughs) never mind (laughs) like it's bright uh but i want to point out a few of these ads i'm only going to point out three because they're the ones i could see the clearest and again um there's more and we'll get to them when we see them better so the first one i see was Noise Boys, which just sounds funny to me. Yeah, I noticed that one too, and it it looks like it's it almost like the poster looks kind of like a gangster film, <laughs> um, kind of where it just or or like a spy maybe a spy film where it's just got two dudes in a um um in like at least it looks like two dudes in in like bow tie suits like black suit kind of attire. Yes. And you were partially correct if what I think this is parroting is correct. The poster seems to be a two-person version of the Broadway show Jersey Boys, which focused on a boy band from the 1960s, and they wore suits and bow ties. So I get where you're getting the gangster image. Yeah, spy work and boy bands in the 60s, 70s, whenever you said it was. 60s. Not really that similar. (laughs) their dress is the same that's about it (laughs) yeah and they're both boys and yeah that part that part (laughs) yeah and then right above that one we see a uh coca soda again which is i love um, that ad for some reason i don't know why i just do we saw it really early in the um like introducing spider-man um when he was going through times square and it, it's, uh, you know, again, it's a, a Coca-Cola parody. Another ad we see is, this one's a little harder to tell what the parody name is, so I'm going to try to keep an eye out for it for when we see Times Square later. But it's something, clearly you can see showers. And a little before you can see sunlighting, so it's probably something showers. Yeah, you can see the, like, Y in the word right before it, mm-hmm. so it's probably baby showers. Maybe. Maybe we'll see it later and we'll get a clearer answer. If we do, we'll get back to you. If not, we'll go with baby showers for now. And the poster reminds me, it's of like a few women and you can tell they're wearing long dresses and in a line, maybe a little disheveled. And it reminded me a lot of Bridesmaids. Yeah, it's, I, when I first saw that, I had no idea what it was trying to parody. Um, (laughs) And uh, the sign below it, I did recognize in that i recognize the name on it which is bendis 
who was the creator of Miles, Brian Michael Bendis. Um, and he's a pretty prolific uh, comic book writer. Is that uh, the second cameo of his? Because didn't he have one in Miles's contacts as well? Phone contacts? Yeah, he had one there uh, as well with uh, Sarah uh, Piccicelli, I think it was, who was the uh, one of the other creators that helped create or that helped with Miles's creation. So what we're saying, or more what you're saying, is Miles has contact with the store owner in Times Square. It could also just be the store, like, um, <laughs> the store saved, like, um, you know, it's like Brenda's Books, Brenda's Books, and he just puts it in as Brenda's because that's what everybody calls it, and he really likes that bookstore. Yeah, maybe. Because um, I do that with, you know, companies where you just save them in your phone context so you don't have to keep looking them up every time you want to call them that's true. I, know. I like my idea better but your idea is yeah more that's true he could be maybe that's his comic shop and yes. um you know when he's like oh get me this variant cover um <laughs> the next stat i want to talk about which i had to get a little help from sean with just because i'm familiar with the movies but i've not seen them well, this one, the title is called From Dusk Till Sean. And so it's a parody of the Shaun of the Dead, which has um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost on the cover. Um, Simon Pegg's holding, he's um, holding his like uh, plank of wood, I think is baseball bat slash plank of wood. And Nick Frost is standing next to him um, on that. Yeah. I was a little embarrassed because I'm very familiar with those those movies like that trio but i've not seen any of them so i'm like i know it's one of them but i don't know which one (laughs) like i I, knew which one but i'm like i can't remember what the title of it was i really like them uh that that trilogy i want to watch them I, i have to get around to doing it and so there's two small signs that i was just able to read the names for but like don't know if they're parodies or just cool names um and it's Beefsteak Charlie's, which I'm guessing is a restaurant. <laughs> um, and that's right next to Faded Dream, which I have no idea what that one I'll have to might go back be. and look at the posters. I might be able to help you there. Because a yeah. lot of the posters on here are references to movies and shows. Yeah. Uh, specifically Broadway shows. Speaking of which, there is another Broadway show reference on this side of the pan. It is a poster... <laughs> It still makes me kind of laugh. I don't know why. But the poster is called Hi Hello. And there's a picture of like two older men just on like their heads on top of each other in this sort of, I don't know how you would describe it, but like. It's just a black background. Yeah, black background. Their chin's resting on their hands and then the one is also resting on his head. Uh, and it is a reference slash parody of John Mulaney's and Nick Kroll's Broadway show. Oh, hello. <laughs> and the last two things I want to bring up quickly. The one I just realized was there's a magazine ad next to the Hi Hello. And it's it looks like it spells out O-I-R-E-O. Oreo? <laughs> 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 uh, but um, what? it's... Or Ire. It could just be called Ire, maybe. Um, but it... it it's a parody of the magazine wired mm-hmm. um and like the cover is talking about connected worlds um and then 
below the high hello one there's a planet inglewood instead of planet hollywood i saw planet um, i couldn't tell what it was underneath i'm like is it it's obviously not when they later on in the minute when it actually pans through times square and you get like a quote-unquote real life um, mm-hmm. like coloring of it you it you can see the inglewood a lot more clearly okay and there is a planet hollywood in times square so that's yeah that's that's accurate <laughs> there's a planet hollywood and there's a hard rock that feels very competitory to me. Yeah. <laughs> Finishing from the ads, this is the real reason I brought up the Times Square thing, is I noticed where, like, the From Dusk Till Dawn ad is and where the showers ad is. Right in between them, there's a big uh, screen TV in Times Square that has the news report that they're about to report on. So later in this minute... They talk about, uh, they show that Spider-Man and Peter Parker are the same person. And beneath it is the line, New York's hero, Spider-Man found dead at 26. Or something along those lines. That cap is shown on the Times Square while they're reporting it. Yeah. It, <laughs> when you had mentioned it in the green room, um, as we were getting ready... The, the one thing I thought it might be was um, it could be like the national broadcast and then they're watching a re-aired like local broadcast of it. Um, but and then just for whatever reason, their graphics are just like thrown over live camera footage of um, like Times Square, uh, which would be a little weird. And very isn't really done, but you know, <laughs> this is also a, a universe with superheroes in it, so it's very possible. Very um, but yeah, it's um, it, it seems like they probably just used the um, like a scene that they had already created and then just done some filtering and panning over it. I think that's exactly um, what they did. Would you know if you want the boring explanation for why it's like that? The in-universe um, explanation is clearly that is a local stations. Yeah, but I also don't know if local stations, like, how those rebroadcast, if they ever rebroadcast and delayed. Yeah, I don't know how soon they would have rebroadcasted this, because this, like, just happened. I mean, the like, they could put it on, like, repeat or mm-hmm. oh, um, maybe. something. But they do, um, like, we do actually see the the screen of the event happening again later mm-hmm. and it yeah it could like you know time is what is time <laughs> <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast john <laughs> um, so yeah it's, it's hard to to like estimate these next couple of minutes it's, it's tricky to like estimate the time that has passed between that night and next minute scenes um, like how, if those were the following day or like a lot later, um, we'll, we'll touch on those on Friday. Mm-hmm. I do want to talk about, now talking about the actual newscast, um, one thing I really loved was, so the broadcaster is talking and he's like, or it was, I think it was a female, she says, Spider-Man has been found dead. Something along those lines. But she says Spider-Man. Yeah. And when she says Spider-Man, there's a piano chord hit. 
and it's a great way to kind of just like it's a dramatic chord hit so it's like oh gosh there's the shock right there confirmed spider-man is dead um but it's also a great segue into the introduction for the song for the sequence yeah um it is titled just to talk about the super book it is titled scared of the dark and the artists on it are Lil Wayne, Ty Dolla Sign, featuring XXX Tentacion. Yeah, I, I really love this song. Um, like, I love all the other songs on the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, I, I want to use the word, like, melancholy, um, but I don't think that's the, the right emotion it Somber? evokes here. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like a yeah somber. That's is exactly what it is. <laughs> Don't need to use these fancy think. emotions. Um, it's got a very somber feeling to it, mm-hmm. uh, and I just like it. And the way they play it over everyone, just like finding out the news and like how it kind of almost just stops the whole city, and everyone's just watching this news happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like everyone's got this somber feeling to it. And one thing I kind of like is, and I think this was very clever, whether they meant it intentionally or not, is the lyrics open with, uh, I'm not scared of the dark. And yeah. uh, I'm not, then it later goes to, I'm not running, running, running before the fall, I think are the lyrics. I'm not 100% on that. But what I like about it, first off, I love how they splice those moments between the dialogue, which is great. Yeah, this I think this is probably why I like this part so much, is I love when um, they don't exactly do it with this song, but I love when music, like songs interlace like speeches and broadcasts, and, yeah. like spoken word throughout it. Oh, um, yeah. There's like two albums that i really enjoy that do it a lot by public service broadcasting mm-hmm. um and the first one's called the race for space um and then the other one they did was or the the next album they did was every valley this kind of gets the feel of that mm-hmm. but like you know it, it it's just that little bit that i like which i think is yeah. part of the reason i liked it that much it is more. very cool but a part of the reason i also brought up the lyrics is i love how the lyrics kind of match up with maybe this tone people are feeling or even almost this like opposite of feeling like yeah new york city just lost its hero yeah and it's almost like you can hear people thinking of like i'm i'm not afraid what's gonna happen like i'm not gonna run like you can almost fear that you can almost hear the panic and like the denial they're thinking with these lyrics in a way it might be a bit of a stretch yeah. but i i just really like the way they paired up the lyrics with that and i also want to quickly going back a little bit maybe not because i think this is when the song's talking but they they mention how peter died yeah, they say it was... Um, Injuries related to another powerful... I wrote it down specifically. Like, I wrote yeah. it word for word, so I'm just going to read it. They say, Injuries related to another powerful earthquake. Yeah, I, I like how it's kind of one of those, like, half-truths. Like, mm-hmm. technically he did die due to <laughs> injuries related to <laughs> earthquakes. It just so happened that that relation was the guy who caused the earthquake smashed with his hands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, 
I think what I do really like about like is the wrong word, but what I appreciate, appreciate. I guess I appreciate yeah. still feels like <laughs> the wrong word. But I, I think what's clever about this cover up is that it's a believable cover up because like yeah. we as the I audience mean, can see it's like oh yeah like he might have just been swinging and the earthquake happened and a piece of, of the ceiling fell and crushed him. Like it would make sense yeah. with his actual injuries. Every good cover up is baked in half truths. Yeah. Um, the thing that breaks my heart is Miles's face at 18 seconds. Yeah, when he like hears the broadcast, gets up and looks at it, and like kind of peeks out the window or peeks out his doorway. Mm-hmm. That look of like, did they really just say that? Like, it's not confirmed that he's been murdered. Yeah, like they it's think it's an accident. Like, shock. Yeah. yeah. The one thing, like, I know they say it a lot. I guess kind of in this one. Mm-hmm. But, like, listening to it again, I was like, oh, wait, MJ and and Peter were married here. Yeah, um, they're married. Like, <laughs> I, like, kind of forgot that. Um, and then I was like, oh, they're, that's right. This was, like, the perfect Peter. I kind of want to know how long they were married. I don't feel like it could have been long. Uh, I want to know more about this Peter because, like, he's a grad student at 26. Mm-hmm. So he either, um, like, is, ju- like depending on how he did it like he either went into quote-unquote industry for a little bit like he he worked for a bit and then went back to school or he's just taking a really long time to get through grad school (laughs) um but i and like yeah have they been married like you know five years or something six years um they talk about um so he's 26 years old Mm -hmm. this takes place in 1990 or sorry this takes place in 2018 which means he would have been born in 1991 or 1992. Mm-hmm. I think we get a like a definitive number. I think it's 92 in the graves uh, in the graveyard scene in a couple minutes. But um, yeah, that it, they also say he's been doing this for about a decade, which would put him at about 16 when he was first bit, mm-hmm. which would have been in high school as well. So like, yeah. Their numbers line up. It's always nice when numbers line up. <laughs> so the one thing that was really cool about Jeff's reaction to finding out about the news, mm-hmm. I I want to like want to know what he was thinking. Like I, I want his inner monologue here being like, "Why did my son just ask if I really hated Spider Man and suddenly Spider Man's dead? Like, yeah. did he did he kill Spider Man? <laughs> why is miles like you can almost hear the panic like was miles in a situation that spider-man needed to be yeah and that ended up getting him killed like you he covers his mouth a little later and like you can see like he's thinking that's probably more of just a um like shock oh yeah but i think he's thinking as well he's like yeah um the 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 really subtle thing that i thought was cool that they did too with him was right as the like they say that he glances down at rio real quick to like see her reaction mm-hmm. and then glances back up and i thought that was just really cool um like i, I thought it was a good subtle moment of like lovingness is yeah. just glancing at at the that like the you know glancing at your partner and, and making sure they're okay mm-hmm. Um, although I think 
part of me also thinks what it really was was he just realized that she's got her shoes on the couch (laughs) (laughs) and he wants to say something but he can't now because (laughs) she's sitting there with her shoes on on the couch they've been outside does she know how much dirt is packed in on those (laughs) i'm gonna give jeff the benefit of the doubt because i don't first off i don't think he's that strict Second. It's more of just like you don't put your shoes on the couch. Um I mean he didn't say anything, so clearly he's fine with it. Maybe not fine, but um there's also like leading into the last thing I have to say about this scene, um, is when they show the the side shot of them. Mm-hmm. Um Jeff has his shoes on mm-hmm. still. And in the previous minute he's barefoot. So <laughs> Uh, either he came out and was just so upset he's like I need to do something um, <laughs> and just put his shoes on uh, or you know this was just like they still weren't sure about order of scenes and whatnot. And I think you know, that's more they like they like, put his shoes back on yeah I think that's uh, more like <laughs> I like the idea just him angrily putting his not yeah, angrily, like, like confused like he's like I'm confused I need to do something that I know how to like, do let's just tie shoes um, let's just tie so shoes <laughs> But, oh, that's uh, great. and then the shot that where it like just pans back out of the apartment mm-hmm. and out of miles's window is really cool oh, i love that uh, it's yeah it's so cool just like it zooms back out and it's like oh miles isn't in his bed anymore um and then it zooms out of the window and it's like okay the window's still open and then you just see like miles's hands there and then they just disappear <laughs> um and it cuts to the next scene and it, it's really cool yeah, it's a little comedic out of context. Like, if you just watch that part, you're like, oh, there's hands there. Oh, and they're gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in the context, it's a very, it's very moving scene. Like, Miles just can't even, it feels like he almost like, I just need to escape from it right now. Yeah, I need to go do something. Yeah, and then we get shots of everyone finding out the news on their phones. Like, I think every person has find, has find is watching it on their phone. Or someone else's, like... Or, yeah, like, yeah. they're all just sharing this. Yeah, and it, it cuts through... We, we see them in a bunch of different places. There's just... I thought it was a skate park when I first saw it. Looks like it's just underneath a bridge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably. Probably um, under a subway. Yeah, and then we see people there. We see them entering and leaving the subway, like a subway stop, and, and then in Times Square. Uh, the first shot we see is at 36 seconds where it's under the bridge, and there's two Easter eggs. One is more of a theorized Easter egg, and then one is a confirmed Easter egg. Yeah, and with the for the confirmed one, it's um, the guy riding on the skateboard uh, across the scene while he's on his phone, which, you know, he should be paying better attention. Uh, he's just had scotch on, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's uh, Bob Persis. Persichetti, which is one of the directors again, um, and I think this is his second cameo in the movie. But yeah, they they have him skateboarding across the scene. <laughs> I love that. The theorized cameo is a little more obvious in my opinion, where front and center it focuses on this boy who seems to be of some sort of Hispanic heritage with a red sweatshirt, and you can see a white tank on the phone. And people are drawing parallels to Miguel from Coco. 
and I have to agree with them there. The facial shape and hair are very similar. It looks like they just kind of aged up Miguel to be a teenager in this. Yeah, it's Miguel in a couple of years, maybe Miguel in, in college. Like maybe. you just, if or if even... it's the same universe, Miguel would have left Mexico to go to college in the Good states, point. and so he could be like a freshman age. Um, mm-hmm. You know, put him at seventeen years old. And it kind of looks like them. It could also just be this universe is Miguel mm-hmm. and, you know, his family emigrated from Mexico, you know, a couple of years earlier or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, it, it does look a bit like him. Um, you know, there are enough differences that it's not, you know, super obvious mm-hmm. and there isn't anything really distinct about him to like be able to point to like he doesn't have a scar on his forehead and he doesn't have like the skull makeup that he wears in coco yeah it's not like that (laughs) yeah it's not really obvious he doesn't have a shirt that says miguel from coco on it or like (laughs) Like, yeah or like miguel doesn't wear an iconic shirt in the movie so it's not like he's wearing that it's more because miguel does wear very Basics not the right word, but very simple clothes. Like he wears just a yeah. white tank and a red sweatshirt. Clothing. Yeah. Yep. And so does this person. So people have theorized it's Miguel. We have not been able to find confirmation if it is or not. If any of our listeners know of any articles that say no, this has been confirmed, it is a Easter egg from the animators or something, send us a link or Yeah. Like I say, because I, I kind of want to know if it was like, if that's, it was the intention or if it was like, they weren't really allowed or what. I'm, I'm just really curious. Yeah. And then the, the next shop. Oh yeah. It's, you know, people on a bridge looking sad and shocked people in the subway looking sad and shocked. And then it pans up to the, um, Times Square again. And this is where we get the super clear Planet Inglewood sign. Uh, there's another sign above that uh, for a product called Synchrony. And I got a kick out of their um, like slogan, which was save like a hero. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, and then it cuts to the big, like, this is where we get the um, um, big the full screenshot of the news report like confirming his death Mm -hmm. and then we also get the beginning of mj's voiceover yeah the lines that i appreciate the most and the one i obviously named this minute after is um my husband always said that it could be anyone under the mask he was just the one that got bitten yeah i i really like liked that as well again it was it's it's touching on like i said earlier it's touching on the one of the big themes is it doesn't matter who's under the mask everyone you know the anyone can kind of be spider-man um mm-hmm. and and that, that theme's prevalent throughout that also seemed to be the theme of like spider-man in the beginning as well like he wasn't some rich billionaire like iron man he wasn't a god like thor he wasn't really anything special he was an ordinary kid that just happened to get bitten yeah and and he also just like when he found miles like yeah when him and miles first got encountered he was just like okay you're like me we gotta um you know figure this out Mm -hmm. uh and it wasn't much of a like um i'm the only one he, he didn't 
yeah, he, he didn't really care yeah. um, who Miles was or what he looked like or his background at all. Um, he was just like, okay, yeah, I'll teach you how to do this. Yeah, it's like, I'll, I'll help you figure out the ropes because it just brings back to, like, I'm sure he still very much remembers trying to figure it all by himself and how, like, scared yeah. and terrified and confused he was. So I almost feel like Peter might have been a little happy to teach someone, like, I'm not alone, I can help them. Yeah. Just because, yeah, just because I did it alone doesn't mean somebody else has to. Exactly. Before we leave Times Square, there's a great image where we see the news broadcast on, like, a smaller TV, not the giant, you know, plasma that's in Times Square. But there's this great moment where Miles walks up and you can see his reflection in it. Yeah. You, you see his reflection in between Peter and, and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and his his face is almost split in half by the, um, like, the the two images like the um scene between the two images yeah and i can't help but think this was done on purpose to show this split of miles of like wanting to be the normal kid peter or being spider-man and the reason yeah. i say it's done on purpose is because later in the movie and i'll try to bring it back up we get a very similar reflection when miles you know decides to be spider-man and he goes into the or no before that after that around the same time it's he does it yeah. twice, but he looks up and you see Miles's face reflected in one of the Spider-Man masks. Yeah, they they kind of reflect it because he the, the first time he stands up to it, he's like a foot too short. That's it. Like his eyes are where the chin are, and mm. then later on when he finally accepts being Spider-Man, his face fills the mask. That's what it is. Um, but we'll yeah, yeah, like you said, we'll touch on that when we get there. Yeah, I just wanted to bring it up now because it's a very cool theme of way of showing of like Miles internal conflict without having the voiceover without going fully on like this is Miles self-reflection it's him self-reflecting yeah. it's a very clever use of storytelling and i just remember that and i want to bring it up yeah and then after he he sees like himself in that reflection he um i think this is sort of like this whole thing sort of him making the decision to go try to be Mm -hmm. spider-man and he walks into the costume shop and it's unclear if it's still the same day or if it's like the next day because like when you look outside of the window it's very bright but it could just be a a, you know store on times square on a very bright street Mm -hmm. um but there are like you know it was pretty late this is what i was getting at about like the time timeline gets a little wobbly yeah it definitely feels like the next morning to me yeah right before Which, he goes to the to the yeah speech of course that makes yeah. me wonder where has miles been all night i think he just went back to visions maybe well maybe he like went cleared his head and then came back into his room so his parents didn't worry be like you left and then, like, the next morning he went out, I feel like that's how I think he would have done, personally. Um, and then he picks up the, the Spider-Man costume, mm-hmm. and his existential crisis is solved. <laughs> or <laughs> um, does it just go deeper? <laughs> yeah. Um, Find out next time. Yeah, that, that's all I have for this minute. Is there anything else you had? That's all I had, but you did talk about having... Uh, an alternate scene 
So why don't you start digging into that? Yeah, so the alternate scene takes place right after Rio leaves the room, um, leaves his bedroom. Um, and it, it just happens between when she leaves and like when the report starts to happen, the news report. Mm-hmm. Um, and all it is is Miles like falls asleep and then there's this dream sequence of the collider like going off, things flying through the air, you know, total destruction of the city mm-hmm. and, um, and everything. And then he just like wakes up screaming and then the news report happens. It's a very brief like couple of second scene. Hmm. Um, but it was also like, super early sketches um like a lot of the other scenes had um like some of the more detailed sketches where like the characters had the like circles for how their like body is like nicely drawn Mm -hmm. whereas this one looked like much more of a back of the napkin kind of sketch yeah um and so i'm guessing this one was just cut really early because it's sort of uh um it it doesn't really fit yeah the the only thing i could think for them keeping it is if they had kept the early alternate scene where Miles had the dream and that was him transforming, getting his spider yeah. powers. Because then I could see them kind of using this reoccurring theme for dreams. But even then, this doesn't feel like it adds much. Where like they always like, okay, I can see where they were going with this. I see the benefits of this. Yeah, it, it's it's a way of like it, it almost feel like a way of telling instead of showing him. Like, making the decision, like, oh, yeah, he has to get scared. Mm-hmm. Like, have this dream of, like, oh, this is what's going to happen instead of just, like, show it. Like, it's duplicating information. Yeah. It, it, it's, yeah, it's just being redundant. And it doesn't, it's not needed. So where some of the other alternate scenes, I'm like, oh, I do like this idea, but I'm kind of glad. It. This one, I'm like, I'm glad they cut it. I'm glad they cut it early, too. If that's what it seems like. Yeah. Well... Since that's everything we have for this minute, thank you for joining us and tune in on Friday where we discuss minute 33 of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Thanks for listening. Bye.